This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning. About an hour from now, I'll be saying to you, well, I guess i got to be shoveling along. <laughs> but, but between now and then, we're going to be shoveling in a different fashion. Charlie hey, Dobbin. you will be. <laughs> yeah. Well, nice to see you here, and well in time, too, might I add. Well, thank you for pointing that out. Uh, yes, indeed, it's a bit of a deja vu all over again morning, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, the Garden Show is on the air with Charlie Dobbin. For a tru- <laughs> I slept here last night, Parker. just in case you're wondering why. I'm here now. It was so funny. But 20 after 8. Hey. Yes. Not true. No, no. But last week was a tougher week as, as far as the driving was concerned than this morning for you, wasn't it? Well, frankly, it's about the same conditions yeah, this really? week as last week. So just like we said last yeah. week, stay home. If you don't need to go anywhere, don't go driving. It is slippery. Is the oh, it's crazy. It's silly. Yep. It's And some people are going way too fast. And you Yeah. Know, some... I'm coming down Mount Pleasant, and some guy passed me on the inside lane. I you know, know, like, why? what are you, nuts? Yeah. And if the plows haven't been through, it's no. pretty deep, snowy, yeah. slushy yeah. stuff out there. I, when I was on the 407, the plows were ahead of me, and yep. of course they were, you know, 10 oh, across. Oh, yeah, the gang, yeah. And, and so we were all just cruising along at, you know, 30 kilometers an hour, but it was clear roads. Uh-huh. Got onto the, you know, 404 DVP to head south, and the plows hadn't been down there yet. So a oh, well. yeah. few cars on in upside down along the... Uh, just allow the yourself edge there. a lot of extra time. Yes. If you have to go out, you know, okay? Don't. Stay home. Listen to the radio. <laughs> yeah. Make a pot of coffee. Brew yeah. up some hot chocolate. There you enjoy go. Enjoy the staying home and cozy warm. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the phone numbers, you got to get to those. Good okay? idea. And our mantra, which I'll give in a moment here. Uh, 416-360-0740 for Toronto uh, callers. And anywhere else in the province. Hey, it's toll free. one 866 740 Four seven forty, and Charlie Dobbin usually has a note or two to pass along before we actually get into biz here. That's so right. What, what little notes do you have for us? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, I will just mention. I remember I do have an email address. If you can't get through on the the mm-hmm. phone lines, don't hesitate to send me an email. First initial C, last name Dobbin, so C D O B B I N at am740 ca happy to hear from you if you'd like to send an email and perhaps I can answer your question online or on on the air or sometimes actually somebody I'm trying to remember John I believe did a sketch of a bulb flowering bulb and and emailed it to me late last night and I will get back to you on that one via email because it's so hard to show you that sketch yeah. on air yeah <laughs> but it was really nice he did a really nice job quite the artiste uh, so a couple of updates for your calendar remember for your local Hort Society you can always find out what's going on just go to www.gardenontario one word gardenontario.org and for those of you in the Toronto or GTA area, there is a website. I don't know if I've ever told you about it. It's www.gardentoronto.org. 
GardenToronto.ca. No, I don't think you have mentioned No. That. So one word, GardenToronto.ca. Mm-hmm. Everything that's going on in the gardening world in the Toronto area is on that website. Uh, Mark DeZero is the gentleman who's the webmaster of the site, and he's great. He tries to stay right on top of what's going on, so you can send him announcements. Excuse me, and he will post them on his website. But he's also got all kinds of neat videos and things. He's got this neat little camera. You see him everywhere. If you're at any garden event, there's Mark with his little, he's like a spy eh, with his little tiny camera and he's taking little videos and then he posts them on YouTube or on his website. So very fun. And thank you, Mark. Nice to see him. I saw him this week at Congress. Congress is a Landscape Ontario trade show every Mm -hmm. January. It's a three day event. Yeah, you were. Old home week. Uh I got there. I had to get across the hall to get to a meeting. It took me an hour and a half to get across (laughs) the hall. Hey, Charlie, how are you doing? (laughs) You know, hugs, happy new year. How's it going? It was great. It's very fun. I missed my meeting that I was trying to get to, but nevertheless, saw lots of people and had lots of fun. So uh, so that was good. Now, remember a couple things to put. Here's one for the future to put on your calendar. February 19th. Saturday, February 19th. It's the annual Get the Jump on Spring. Happens at the Toronto Botanical Gardens every spring. It's an all-day event from 10 till 4 with free admission. And uh, they do ask for a donation, a $2 Mm -hmm. donation to the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Uh, And they have uh, garden-themed hourly prizes. And last year I spoke at it. Is that what you were going to say? You had a look on your face. No, I just, I love the the word spring. You know, when you look at a day like this and, oh, someone mentioned spring. That's great. So it can't be that far away. It's not. I mean, just, I mean, you really have to sometimes pay attention to these things. But Mm -hmm. tonight, if you're looking out the window about 5 p.m., you'll notice it's not dark. Uh-huh. Whereas a month ago, it was dark That's at 5 right. p.m. Right. Days are definitely getting longer. So, yes, yeah, spring is in the air. And get ready for spring by, by planning to attend Get the Jump on Spring on Saturday, February 19th. I'll give you more information as we get closer to that. Um, the Toronto Master Gardeners that are based at the Toronto Botanical Gardens in conjunction with the TBG are offering environmentally friendly, cost-effective rain barrels. Uh, And you can buy them either on the web through the TBG website Mm -hmm. or when you're attending an event at the TBG, or you can give a phone call. Uh, It's very simple, 416-397-1357 is the phone number to the Toronto Botanical Gardens, $55 each. You cannot go wrong. Everybody should have at least 20 rain barrels. Uh, I have one. Okay, when it's really dry, well, that's what you discover. You're not given to exaggeration at all, are you? I'm no. serious, though. If you're really, if you're really into this rain capturing yeah. idea of maintaining your gardens, one rain barrel doesn't last very long. If we get into drought, then oh, it, they, yeah. it's very guess, easy yeah. to drain your rain barrel, and then it's empty. Nothing worse than a drained rain barrel, I'll tell you. And when uh, it's yeah. raining to keep your rain barrel full, <laughs> then you never use the water <laughs> because oh, it's come. raining. <laughs> no, actually, I remember my mom and dad uh, at our cottage, mm-hmm. uh, at a cottage up by, uh, well, near Sarnia, that area on Lake Huron. We had a rain barrel, and I always remember mom going out and getting a big saucer full of the rain barrel to wash my hair. Yeah, and, and soft and, water. Oh, soft water, man. And nice yeah. and warm, too, mm-hmm. if it's warm outside. Yeah, just you don't... brush the skitters aside from the... <laughs> well, no, that's very important, yes. yes. you got to put make sure you have a screen or a lid on that's top right. of your rain barrel. You do not want to breed mosquitoes in your rain barrel. 
That's rule number There's one. There's rule number one, and we get to our mantra. I'm getting the word from uh, Absolutely. David Gaskin, our producer. Hurry up, Franklin. Okay. The, the rule is, the mantra is, call early, <laughs> call often, one question per call, okay? And we do have to take a break right now, David, do we? Yes. Oh, he's, yes, he's shaking his hands at me. Yes. Take it now. All right. We will, and we'll be back shortly, Charlie and I. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm Frank Proctor, your uh, sous chef of the garden, or undergardener, as As, I'm often referred. That's correct. Um, Brenda is calling in from Dundas, Ontario. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Morning. Um, You were just talking about water, Mm -hmm. and my question concerns water. Mm -hmm. Outside my front door, I have two tiny little Norwegian spruce trees. They're growing in oblong pots. The pots are about 12 inches high, and the trees are about 2 feet high. And what I want to know is, if I water them at this time of year, the water's going to freeze. Mm-hmm. So what shall I do? <laughs> That's good. Well, how were they well watered before we had real cold weather? Well, I did water them, but I don't know whether I did it enough. Uh, are there holes in the drainage, like drainage holes in yes, the pots? There are, yes. Okay, good. Uh, so, what I would do, or in number question number two is, what direction does your front door face in terms um, of east or west, north, west? West. So you get that late afternoon sun if it's yes. sunny, and you also get a fair amount of wind. Right. And that, when it comes to evergreens, is often what kills them, is the wind. Because okay. you're right, the, the ground is frozen solid. There is no liquid water available to the roots of the plants. And evergreens are never truly dormant. So unlike deciduous trees that drop their leaves and go right to sleep for the winter, evergreens are always transpiring or losing liquid through their green needles, etc. And the wind is what can dry them out or desiccate the plants. And sometimes you'll see in the spring, the whole west or northwestern side of some of the evergreens will be almost golden or bronzed from the sun and the wind uh, hitting the, the green side and drying them out. So your question is, can you water them? And if so, where's the water going to go? Yeah. I would water them anyway. I would use co- cool water. Mm-hmm. So just cool water in a pitcher, take it outside, pour it into the pot. It will slowly but surely, what it'll do is it'll um, thaw, you know, very slightly, the soil, the ice below, and slowly percolate down into the soil. And um, that's all, that's the best you can do. So it won't freeze. It will freeze, they'll just, it'll freeze up again. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. one of those, you'll put in liquid water, but it's only two below, I think, today. And part of it is kind of looking forward to the temperatures. If we're hovering around zero, you'll find that that water will work its way down quite nicely. And Charlie, would it help if I moved the plants onto my back porch? It would be better to yeah. have them protected. Well, it isn't a porch, but at least it's more sheltered. Yeah, protected from the wind and protected from the sun would be better. Oh, I'll do that then. I'll move it yeah. in the winter and then put it back out. Perfect. Yep. In the summer. Good idea. But don't once you move, then put that water in. Yeah, okay. Okay. And and you can wait till a mild day. You don't have to do it today. But mm-hmm. wait till a mild day when the water will actually do more than just sit on the surface and make a little skating rink. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Then. Thank All right. you. Thanks so much for your call. Thank you. Thank Bye. you, Brenda. Uh, you are your into the uh, Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. We are. It's, it's yeah. funny. When, um, when Dave said to me, is there such a thing as a Norwegian spruce? It's actually Norway spruce. But um, I was thinking that Brenda was going to ask about an indoor tropical plant called a Norfolk Island pine, 
when, but it turns out, no, yeah. she was talking about a hardy spruce that is outside as it mm-hmm. should be because yeah. you don't bring those in the house. But keeping them alive in a pot is always a bit tricky. They're very uh, hardy, good though. Good question, though. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, it makes sense, uh, your advice. You Thank you. Water it. And Thank eventually, you the roots will get that water. I appreciate well, that. Well, let's, let's see if we can make sense of this one here from Dorothy from Toronto. A cyclamen plant is double dead. That's <laughs> Double jeopardy. <laughs> double dead. Hello, yeah. Dorothy. Hi. Hi. Um, I bought one plant. And uh, when it died, I took it back and showed them, because I'd only had it a week. And uh, she said, oh, you gave it too much water. She says, I can feel the water in the soil. Hmm. So I got a replacement. Mm -hmm. And in another week, it died too. And this time, I was very careful about not giving it too much water. But the leaves died and the flower itself fell over. Yeah, the whole thing just kind of wilted right before your eyes, I bet. Yes, and now I'm going to buy a third one, but I want to know what I'm going to do to keep it more than two weeks. Good idea. Now, we have had this question before, and so as an avid listener to the show, Dorothy, I'm surprised you haven't heard <laughs> this answer before. So here's what here's what how it works. Cyclamen, for those of you that aren't sure what Dorothy's talking about, very lovely flowering plant that are available now, right in the December, January time frame. The flowers almost look like butterflies, the way they, they're up on top of stalks, pinks, reds, whites, uh, and lovely um, oval leaves, often with silver etching, so very ornamental foliage, as well as pretty flowers. Two important things to keep in mind in order to keep cyclamen lasting as long as possible. First thing is temperature. You want to keep cyclamen as cool as possible. Now, if you've got a really warm, you know, if, you, if you tend to keep your living room very, very warm or your dining room or wherever the bright spot in your home is, find the coolest spot. Find, a, you know, the spare bedroom that, you know, you don't have the much heat on in that room or that sort of a situation. Cooler is better. Cyclamen will last far longer if you can keep them below 70 degrees Fahrenheit. 24 hours a day. Bring it out when you've got company or when, you know, to put on your dining room table while you're eating to enjoy uh, when guests are around, but get it back in that cool spot to prolong the flowering. And when watering cyclamen, we never water into the top of the pot. We only water into the saucer below. Okay, now it's not very much water. It might be approximately a quarter of a cup once a week. De- Once a week. Yep, yeah, depending on how, what, you know, kind of temperature you're in and what kind of light the plant is in. It should be in a bright spot. It's certainly not in sunlight. It does not need to be in direct sunlight, but it does need to be in a bright spot. You know, indirect bright is fine. Uh, temperature is almost more important than anything here and watering from below. And just feel the weight of the pot or stick your finger in and feel the soil. Do not water that plant if there's moisture or dampness to the soil. Only water when that soil starts to feel dry. I see. Okay. Now, the the dead plants that I've got, uh, can I put them someplace so they bloom up again? They're likely to not have survived. The cyclamen grow from a below um, a, an underground tuber. Oh. So that's what happens is that when we overwater, we tend to rot that, tu- that tuber. 
So That's, I just throw them out. I would be composting those, yep. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Dorothy. Thank Good you, Dorothy. luck with that. Bye. At Bye-bye. 9.22 here at AM 740, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And by golly, she's doing her exercises. <laughs> I saw that out of the corner of my eye. Well, I'm yep. just thinking about, you know, when the show is over, yep. that snow that needs to be shoveled. And I was just, you know, flashing on the Sierra Sill that I told you I started taking yes. in the new year. Uh, Sierra Sill is a mineral nutrient that's our supplement that we use to keep our joints Mm -hmm. lubricated and keep ourselves limber and maintain an active lifestyle you know my mom always says keeps her frisky oh yeah frisky dolly frisky dolly and sierra sill has certainly made my shoveling jobs far (laughs) easier because you know my honey's probably still fast asleep so when i get home i'm sure i'll be shoveling and uh and there it is i mean more information on sierra sill if you want to be active and pain-free SierraSill.ca or 1-877-JOINT-14. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm the sous chef, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here. Rochelle in Hamilton calling in. Good morning, Rochelle. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. I have being given an option to cover a flat roof with uh, a green covering. Do you know what I mean? Like like plants. With plants, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I wondered what your thoughts were about the whole notion. And I can just sit and write while you chat along about it. Uh, okay. Then, I don't have a specific question. Okay, no, that's a, it's a good question, though, because that's something that's very much in the news, the idea of green roofs, yeah. uh, to the point where they've even been legislated in Toronto for new developments, new flat condo and apartment building or commercial building development. Now, the reason why people are talking green roofs is for the purposes of saving energy. If you have green plant material living in soil... On a, on a flat roof, you keep the building cooler in the summer and you keep the building warmer in the winter because of the insulating properties of the soil layer and the plant material. So we go all... Ecologically, it makes sense. So from a... a, Yeah, lowering your carbon footprint absolutely makes sense. Number two, you put out whatever square footage of green plants into the urban environment, you're adding oxygen to the air and you're taking away or eliminating some carbon monoxide from the air. Again, good, solid, ecological thing to do. So that's why you're hearing about green roofs. Now, the, the determining factors for whether you can actually do such a thing does come down to the structure, whether it is strong enough to hold the weight. Uh, and keep in mind as well, some, there's two kinds of green roofs. One kind of a green roof is one where we don't actually walk on it. It's planted with very special, obviously, rubber layer below, then uh, a multi-inch layer of a, a potting medium, then green plants that are strictly, usually low-growing, creeping, sedum, you know, drought-tolerant um, you know, certainly sun-loving, tough, hardy 
herbaceous perennials is what goes on to some green roofs that are the ones we do not walk on. We strictly do this for the ecological purposes right. that you mm-hmm. mentioned, Frank. The other kind of green roof is where we it's more like a patio. We might have a table and chairs, a couple of large planters with you know some trees, some shrubs, mm-hmm. maybe a few evergreens, some vegetables, whatever sort of we're interested in. Again, it comes down to structure and its ability to with, with like hold the strength mm-hmm. and the weight of of what this all entails because soil and water do weigh a lot. Uh, so that can be a, bi- a big issue. But totally worth doing if you have the opportunity, if the structure is solid, and if there's a budget there to do something like this, go, go for it, I'd yeah, say. You'd have to get the advice of an engineer, though, along the <clears throat> way, I would expect. Eh? Uh, yeah, unless it's a, a new structure that has been built with mm-hmm. that in mind, because a lot of the, certainly the balconies, the condos, the, the rooftops of, uh, and you'll see yep. when you're driving mm-hmm. around the urban environment, whole forests growing on top of some yeah, other right. condos where they've designed those roof decks specifically to be able to withstand the weight of people and parties and plants, etc. And uh, great idea if you can do it. So, um, you know, Rochelle, don't hesitate to, to jump on the opportunity. If you're saying, well, I need more information, where do I start? My first suggestion would be to go to Landscape Ontario. So one word, Landscape Ontario. Dot com, and from there you will find all kinds of information about contractors and uh, you know various and sundry designers, people that can help you if you need some expert advice to make this happen. And I'd say that's pretty expert advice from Charlie Dobbin, the master Thank gardener. Thank you very much for that question. Yeah, Thank interesting you very question. Much. Thank you, uh, Rochelle in Hamilton. Um, now we're uh, on to a question. Oh, I like this. Uh, Laura in Ajax is going to tell us a success story. I love success about story. Amaryllis. Oh, good. Hello there, and welcome to the show, Laura. Hi. Good morning. Uh, hello, Charlie. And um, my story is that I had an amaryllis given to me. And it flowered, beautiful big flowers. They must have been at least nine inches in diameter. Well, and this one was last year, was it? Last year, mm-hmm. yeah. But and at the end of the year, I kind of slaughtered it. I cut it down and down and down, right down to the bulb. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just left it on top of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, I'd water it. Oh yeah. And right now, as we speak, it's thirteen inches tall. Oh, my. And it has two more new shoots. Oh, good for you. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I mean, it isn't flowering yet, but I'm so happy that... um, You didn't kill it off. I didn't kill it off. That's right. So lots of green leaves right now are growing. Um, No green leaves, but just three shoots. Well, there's green on top, but that's a flower. Oh, so they're just not open yet. Yeah, so you've got that straight stalk with a big bud on top. Three of them. Good for you. Yeah, but no leaves. But does it have to have leaves? Oh, the no. leaves will come. No, and yeah. you will let those leaves grow when they come because yeah. the the um, the plant, the bulb, is using a lot of energy to produce those flowers. Yeah, which is great, and you're going to totally enjoy those over the next few weeks. Oh yeah. And then leaves are going to start to grow, and you're going to allow those leaves to grow because that's what's going to fatten the bulb back up for next year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's a good story about almost like neglect or, or, or you know, like tough you love. said, tough love, get out yeah. the chainsaw, just cut it down, <laughs> ignore it. And sure enough, it's, it just keeps on perking along. 
Yeah, which is marvelous. Perfect. That's great. Love to hear Good those stories. Good story. Thank okay. you for that. Thanks, Bye, Laura. Charlie, and yeah. I do enjoy listening to your show every Saturday. Thank Wonderful. you. Thank you. Yeah, Saturday. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I love a success story, too. Yeah. And you know what the other interesting thing is? Um, Laura has managed to pull off something I've never actually been able to pull off. Really? All the amaryllis I have ever tried to keep for the next year... Yeah. All I've ever gotten is leaves. I have never yet produced a flower a second and year. that's from a master gardener. Yeah. Laura, you have really pulled one of the hat there. I know. There. I'm telling you. Like, oh. I, I just, I'm, people, it's supposed to be so simple. Okay. <laughs> yeah, There's Laura. Yeah. You know, it's so simple. But whatever I do is never the right thing. <laughs> 931 here at AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the phone numbers 416-360-0740 for Toronto callers. Anywhere else in the province. It's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. First voice you'll speak to is that of David Gaskin, our producer. And he's uh, lined us up with a lovely call here from a lady with a lovely name, Francesca. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Charlie, Frank. Uh, I have uh, a Benjamina, and during the winter, the some of the leaves will turn yellow and fall off. Mm-hmm. Is that normal? Oh, yeah. What you have, just for our listeners who might not know what a Benjamina is, it's a very common house plant. It's a form of fig. It's actually ficus benjamina, but commonly referred to as Benjis or Benjaminas. They're sh- it's like a shrub, multi-stemmed usually, though sometimes in a tree form, green, shiny leaves, and very, very normal to have some yellow leaves on the inside of the plant. So older, more mature leaves will, some of the green leaves will start to turn yellow in the fall and throughout the winter and just naturally drop to the ground, no big deal. As long as the tips continue to produce new green leaves, you're, you're fine. Nothing to worry about. And uh, during uh, spring, summer, I take it outside. Is that okay? Great idea. Because yes. nothing causes a Benjamina to be happier and fuller than the, the real outdoor humidity and the, you know, the heat. We don't yes, usually put them... I found it brought a lot of the leaves back and they no. got uh, completely full again. That's right. And you don't even need to put it in the sun. You basically just take it outside and you can tuck it almost into a shady corner in the backyard. And yes. it w- they'll fill right out with lots and lots of leaves. And the thing you could do at this time of year... If you're worried that, you know, there's just the yellow leaves are dropping and it's unsightly. One thing I do is I give my Benji's a shake before, you know, every week or so I shake the plant, which causes some whatever's hanging there by a thread to fall. Clean that whole mess up and then get uh, get out your, your spritzer, your mister. Just give a little bit of a misting. It'll kind of clean the leaves of any dust that might have built up. Add humidity for a brief period. Just the plants love to be misted and spritzed at this time of year. It's a tropical plants are never happy in our dry homes. They love that humidity that the spritzing can, can cause. Yes, I usually do that as far as the leaves go. I um, do it a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm, good. And the other thing is a water. Uh, does it require a lot of water? Or? Not at this time of year. Um, not as much as it does in the summer, that's for sure. Uh, so whatever your regular watering schedule is in the summer, you're doing about half that amount at this time of year. Okay. As we get towards the end of January and February rolls around and again those days start getting longer, we will see that the water requirements are going to pick up for our plants. And it, the thing about a Benjamina that goes outside in the summer, you will get a good six or eight inches of growth 
every summer outdoors with that plant. So it can get big, too big, you know, overwhelming, (laughs) do a bit of a takeover of of your house. So come March or April, not a bad time to be thinking about doing some pruning, some cutting back. Yes, I've done that too. Okay, or wait till you go outside and do your pruning then, just because Benjamina's ficus plants have white latex inside them, so when you trim, they drip. Uh, how about the little stems that uh, where the leaves have fallen off and there's no leaf whatsoever? Is it okay to cut those off? Yep, if they're brown, brown yeah. and dry, then yep, with your nice sharp pruners, just follow that brown little stem right back to the main trunk and give a give a clean cut so that you don't have little protruding stumps all over the place. Just yeah. nice and clean, keep it cleaned up, and yep, that will happen. You'll have some inner growth that will end up with no leaves, and yeah, exactly, just clean it up with sharp pruners. Thank you so much. I love your show. Thanks for your call, Francesca. Bye. All righty. The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show is rolling along here. It, what? My eyes deceive me here. David has uh, flashed something here. I don't mean here. capital letters. <laughs> Laura from Eris. Another amaryllis question. Well, no, I'll story. I think it's another yeah, amaryllis another story. story. <laughs> well, let's say hi to... Uh, uh, is this the same Laura or a different Laura? Oh, I'm a different Laura. You're a different Laura. <laughs> yeah, well, well. Uh, from the one that called before. Right. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I have two amaryllis here. I've had them since 1995. Oh, my And goodness. one year, uh, last year, the year before, I had 12 flowers out at once. Wow. Well, you're making Charlie really feel rotten <laughs> this morning, you know. <laughs> and, uh, Did you take pictures, I, I hope? <laughs> Both of them have bulblets coming from the side. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and... Uh, I, I bring them up usually at, right after Christmas, after New Year's, and I put everything else away. Ah. Put them on the fridge yeah. to get them warmed up. Mm-hmm. And right now, I brought them up about the 3rd of January, and they both have sprouts, flower bulb yep. sprouts yep. coming from the bulblets themselves. Oh, even, like from the main mother bulb and the side bulbs as yeah, well? Yeah, the, oh. little, the little ones. Goodness. That come. But the, the, uh, the main bulbs haven't shown any sprouts yet, just the the bulbless. But I thought you'd like to know that. I've had since 95. For sure. Thank you very much. You're totally embarrassing me. (laughs) (laughs) You should see. I put them in the window when they get, when they start to sprout, you know, when the sprouts get up a little higher. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the flowers come out, I bring them over away from the window because Mm -hmm. it'll fall over. I have to tie them up. And then when the flowers die, I cut them down the the stem of the flower, mm-hmm. and then I put them back in the window. It faces the southeast, so they get the nice hot sun coming in there. Right. And then summer, I put them out on the front porch, and they're, they're not in the full sun there all day. And I water them mm-hmm. and give them a shot of fertilizer mm-hmm. once in a while and bring them in in September and put them in the basement and leave them there till January. Mm-hmm. Wow. And away they go. <laughs> Have you ever repotted those amaryllis? Are they no, in the same pot since nope. 1995? No, they're still in their original pots. Wow. The same soil. I, I might have added a little bit one year. Yeah, because it probably disappeared. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Do, do, do you talk to your plants, uh, Laura? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Name them? Well, they're on the front porch. They get yeah. talked to by all the visitors coming to the house. <laughs> That's no, great. I thought you'd like to hear that. Oh, that yeah. Thanks story. for sharing that. And you know what? If you, I mean, 12 flowering stems is unbelievable. Take pictures next time. I did. Oh, I have pictures. Oh, you do? I right? send them to you if you like. I would love to see a picture of that. That's amazing. That's okay. very cool. We'll give you the address when, when we get off the phone here if you want to write it down. Sure. You 
sure. address okay. of the uh, station here. That'd be great. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome. What Excellent. a great story. Another success story. I know. <laughs> from the Amaryllis crowd. What do you? Well, yeah, I heard you saying the the caller before you were advising you give a little shake. Uh, so maybe that's what you're doing. The Amaryllis, are no, you? You're shaking the devil out of them. I'm not. Killing I'm just them? sort of huh? ignoring them. I think, but I think I'm over ignoring them. That's probably the problem. <laughs> oh God, you're funny. You should, you should see your face. <laughs> I'm green, eh? That's yeah. that green with envy thing. It's exactly. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Oh, okay. Dear. Anybody who wants to send mail yeah. by traditional post, here is our address. Obviously, uh, do direct it to the Garden Show, and the mailing address here is five five zero. Queen Street East. We're in Suite 205, Toronto. And the postal is M5A1V2. So that's M5A1V2 to send any photos or or fan letters or, you know, you want to give Frank a hard time, that's fine. You can send something to him. Yeah, he's, he's Meet having five announcers. He's having One too much fun making fun of I me. I vote too. <laughs> well, Speaking of post, yes. I, I got a nice letter last week from one of our listeners, a gentleman named Neil Mintz. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, Neil sent a very... Okay, so remember I read it to you. Oh, yes. And he wanted to know his question. <laughs> Frank's still laughing about this. I have to come up with a good answer for yeah. him, and I don't have the good answer yet. But Neil's question was... It's a garden question, okay? Yeah, okay? Why are there no gardens at Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens and <laughs> Madison Square Gardens? <laughs> that just floored me. Yeah. I know. So what's the answer? When you think about it, well, I they grow hockey players there. That's uh, all I know. But, well, yeah. yeah. Uh, th- or maybe there's gardens, we just don't see them, right? Maybe they're up on the roof or something. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, exactly. Those, <clears throat> Thanks for that, Neil. And yeah, I'll see. Maybe one of our listeners has a thought on why are there no gardens? And why, like, why do they call them gardens? You know, Maple Leaf Gardens and Madison Square Gardens. If there's no, they're not known for their gardens. There you right? go. Like Allen Gardens. Okay. There's gardens there. Now, Neil also mentioned that he appreciated some of the little words of wisdom that I shared with you one time a few months ago from one of our listeners. Actually, these, it was Warren Dalton who sent this um, old farmer's advice. So here's just a couple of more little, little um, pearls of wisdom. Here's one. Letting the cat out of the bag is a whole lot easier than putting it back in. Oh, yes. So keep that in mind. Been there, done that. And if you get to thinking you're a person of some influence... Try ordering somebody else's dog around. Okay, there's that one. And one more to share with you is... It's the Cracker Barrel story time. Exactly. <laughs> Forgive your enemies. It messes up their heads. <laughs> Thank you, Charlie <laughs> Dobbin. Okay, phone lines open 416-360-0740. And you can talk to the old sage herself by calling, if you're a long distance, uh, one 866 740 here at AM740. Back in just a moment. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
And I am your sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor, and uh, delighted to be with you on this Saturday, the 15th day of January. Hey, we're almost through uh, January. Well, we're just about halfway. And then we're into the, the February. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I say. But then we can look forward to Valentine's Day, and well, then we look forward to Canada Blooms. There you go. March 16th yeah. to March 20th. Mm. Put that on your calendar. I better do the phone numbers. Okie dokie. Okay, while I'm at it here. Okay. 416 360 Zero zero seven forty for Toronto area listeners and anywhere else in the province, it's toll free. Moses picks up the charge. Good for him. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And uh, yes, you had a little note that you wanted to pass along. I always have notes. Here's one more thing. Yeah. Tomorrow, if uh, you're looking for something to do and you want to start talking gardening. There will be a very special presentation at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It's presented by the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. Mm -hmm. They're having a meeting. Non-members are welcome. There's no admission charge. There's free parking right at the corner of Leslie and Lawrence Avenue in Toronto. The speaker starts at 1.30 tomorrow, and the speaker is from Blossom Hill. The topic is peonies and delphiniums. Well, I woke up this morning, I thought, I've got to find out about delphiniums and peonies. And so, so I'm so glad you mentioned that. I thought you, you were going to say something else. No. I woke up this morning, <laughs> thought about my peony. Anyway. <laughs> well, I had to. Anyway, you knew where I was going with it, I totally you? You knew. You did, yes. Uh, okay. Um, so here's another pearl of wisdom for Neil. <laughs> oh, it's your... Wait a minute. We've got to do a setup on this, okay? All right, all right. So we're on the front porch, right? <laughs> okay. We, got the old cracker bell out here yeah, sitting on our rockers. Oh, here, here comes... Squeak. Uh, yeah, squeak back and forth. Squeak. All righty. What, uh, what little pearls of wisdom are you going to drop here today? Squeak. <laughs> All right, here it is. Mm. Don't pick a fight with an old man. Yeah. If he's too old to fight, he'll just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pearl of wisdom. Right? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to bring my own along next week, I think. Uh, <laughs> timing has a lot to do with the outcome of a rain dance. <laughs> yeah, yes, I guess it would. How about don't judge folks by their relatives? <laughs> That's yeah. You, you, That's you can a pick your one. friends, you can't pick your relatives, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, hey, we've been getting along to the phone lines here. Judy is uh, waiting to have a little chat here. So, uh, from uh, old Brighton, beautiful. I love uh, Brighton. Lovely little. Oh, it's uh, such part a pretty town. Eastern, yeah, part of the province. Right down on the lake. Yeah. <clears throat> Good morning, Judy. Welcome to the show. Oh, no. there we are. Okay, hi, Judy. Hi. Um... Charlie, I was wondering about uh, Angel's Trumpet. Mm -hmm. Mine is uh, really root-bound. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're quite tall. They're probably three or four feet tall. I'm wondering about uh, taking them out of the pot, kind of breaking up the roots, putting in some fresh dirt, and replanting them. Is that going to uh, cause too much of a shock if I do that in the spring? Oh, in the spring, it will not cause a shock. That is the time to do it. Now, this is obviously a potted plant that you bring into your house. Yeah, I have three or four of them. Excellent. Um, what I would do is absolutely very good idea. Nothing is more invigorating to a plant than to give it some fresh soil. And if you don't want the plant to get too much bigger than it is, then for sure, take it out of its existing pot. You know, just lay the whole thing on the side. 
pull the plants out of the pot, wash the pot, give it a good scrub because you're going to have some buildup of salts and fertilizers and, you know, that white salt that does build up inside the pots. So scrub the pot out. Then gently break soil away from the roots. If it's a really just a massive root ball and it's virtually all root in that pot anyway, don't hesitate to get out a nice sharp carving knife or, you know, um, yeah, literally a carving knife. You can cut away some roots. Again, you're going to have some fresh potting soil ready to go. Mm-hmm. The plant will go back into its or- cleaned original container with fresh soil all around it. And, of course, you'll water thoroughly at the time. And you will plant it at the same depth that it was growing in when you took it out of the pot. Okay. If you want the plant to get bigger, you know, it's not a problem. You've got lots of space for it. Then move it up to a bigger pot. But sometimes that we just can't do that. We just don't have the space to let these plants do a takeover. And so keeping the, you know, sh- shrinking that root ball down is not a problem if you do it in the spring. So mar- anytime in March, April, May, that sort of time it frame. Will grow, like it will, it will um, still grow bigger even if I leave it in that pot if I've taken the roots out? It will. The roots. It will. It will be more dense and more compact because it will be so happy for that fresh soil. Okay. So you'll get away from some of the spindly, tall, narrow growth that sometimes happens when plants get pot bound. Yes. Okay. okay. Very good. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank for you. calling Have in a good from, day. from You too. Bye, guys. Bye-bye, Judy. And it's almost 9.50, so we're coming up to an excellent break before we go up to Aurelia and have a chat with Bill, which we will do very shortly. Uh, Still the phone lines open there at 416-360-0740 or uh, anywhere else in the province, 1-866-740-4740. Oh, with uh, Sierra still in mind, Mm. um, I have changed my pattern. I now now take my pills in the morning, Mm -hmm. uh, three pills. Boom, every morning. Time. Every morning, yeah. And the only trick with that is it's something about drink lots of water, yep. and you don't want to have eaten anything an hour before and an hour after, I think. It's sort of an empty oh, stomach thing, really, isn't yeah. it? Mm. I forget. I think I blew that then. <laughs> Uh-oh. I didn't, I didn't read the directions again. <laughs> you know what? The directions are really tiny. You yeah. need a magnifying glass to read them, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, I take them at night. Okay. Because that's when Elliot takes them, so I follow his lead on that. Uh, but with plenty of water, yep. Sierra <clears throat> Sill is a mineral, it's a natural mineral formula. It's proven to be effective against aches and stiffness. It makes gardening and other activities and chores a whole lot easier. Uh, Sierra Sill is spelled S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. So Sierra, like the mountains, Sill, S-I-L. Go to their website, sierrasill.ca, or give them a call. Great people standing by. Answer any of your questions and happy to to service your needs. 1-877-JOINT-14. The Ontario Health Study needs you. The Ontario Health Study is a long-term study that will help us understand the causes of common diseases. It will provide researchers with the information they need to make important discoveries. By spending 17 minutes completing an online survey, you can help improve health care for you and future generations. The Ontario Health Study is yours. Make a difference. If you are 18 years or over, take part at OntarioHealthStudy.ca and have a healthy new year. 
What's at the heart of every Dell Manor Seniors community? An active retirement that includes Tri-Dell-inspired social amenities, a personalized Living Well fitness program for active mind and body, fine dining, and hotel-style service. It's what you've worked hard to achieve. Explore DellManor.com to view all their GTA communities. Move-in incentives are currently available. Schedule a tour or trial stay and feel the pulse of Dell Manor for yourself. To all the men out there, what do you do when you're standing over the toilet and what should be a matter of seconds becomes a matter of minutes? Look, your prostate can affect your bathroom habits, including your flow and stream. It can even affect your sleep if you're waking at night to go. That's why you need to call for a free bottle of Beta Prostate and join the tens of thousands of men who've already taken charge of their health. Beta Prostate is made with natural plant sterols that support healthy urine flow and healthy sleeping habits. It's the formula no man should be without. That's why, for a limited time, new customers can get a bottle free. All you have to do is call now. To get your free bottle of Beta Prostate, call 1-800-730-1905. You only pay shipping and handling. Supplies are limited, so one free bottle per household. Call for a free bottle of Beta Prostate. Call 1-800-730-1905. 1-800-730-1905. That's 1-800-730-1905. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm doing a little shoveling myself here this morning as we get to Bill <laughs> in Aurelia. Hey, Bill, how are you? Hello, Bill. Good gardener. Good morning. Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, we chatted a few weeks ago. I want to know about your background, and mm-hmm. you and I both Guelph. Yep. Remember that? Yes, I do. Oh, good. Listen, I buy rain barrels mm-hmm. north of Aurelia, mm-hmm. south of Weber's. Yes. Ten bucks a piece. Oh. They're terrific. I have eight in them. Are they actual rain barrels, or are they just the big plastic drums from... Oh, they're great big plastic drums. Yep. We cut the tops off. Yep. And they work wonderful. And you do you um, drill a hole in the side and put a little spigot, or what do you oh, do? Oh, no, no, no. No. You I just use put a... watering cans. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I get my exercise no, at 85. No kidding. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Have a great day, folks. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Bill. All well, the best. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye Bill. Now. Well, there you go. Ten bucks. And, and yeah. so the big plastic drums that Bill is probably using are the ones that we used to use. They're, they're used for different things. One is um, when they're making... Coca-Cola and all those drinks, Mm -hmm. the syrup comes in these monster plastic barrels, which, of course, are are clean. Like, they're not Mm -hmm. wooden barrels. they got to be plastic. And, yeah, they've got these lids that have to be sawed off. And like Bill said, he uses a watering can. I have a little tap on mine, like a little little spigot spigot. and a hose. And I'm lazy, unlike Bill. I just sit my watering can on the ground, and I let my wa- my rain barrel fill up my watering can. And then you're right. I walk around and use ra- um, rainwater to water all my containers. It's the best water by far. It's not cold like that tap water. It's not treated like the tap water, so it doesn't have all the chlorine and the fluoride and all that in it. Uh, and so it's you know it doesn't have all that crazy salt. So it's and it's um, ambient temperature. Uh, might have a little bit of guano from birds and things off the that's roof, okay. but yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, nothing yeah. wrong with that. And as you pointed out, you know, make sure that there's a lid or a screen yep. on top, so there's no mosquitoes breeding inside. 
Now, I've got to read the instructions that <laughs> David has put up on the screen for us. In <laughs> Thank you so much, Frank. Oh, uh, Margaret from Wingfleet is on the line with us, and she says, another tip for Charlie, he, he. <laughs> okay, what have you got for us, Margaret? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay. Good morning, Margaret. <laughs> I have amaryllis coming out of my ear. <laughs> I, uh, every year, the school sells them, and I get a couple from the grandchildren. <laughs> And I plant them after they finish blooming in the house. I take them out of the pot, mm. and I plant them outside in my garden. Mm. They multiply. I have probably 30 or so, and they bloom in the garden for me. In the <laughs> fall, I bring them in. I let them die back in January. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to stick a few of the bigger ones in pots, and they bloom again for me in the house. Unbelievable. Wow. Yes. So I've been giving away amaryllis bulbs. <laughs> so, so when you dig them out of the garden, yes. uh, of course they're green. They've got lots of green leaves on them. Right. So you dig them up. And what do you do? I you leave just... the green leaves on and oh. I let them die back naturally. So you just lay them on some newspapers? I or... let them, yeah, and I keep them in the garage. In the garage, and, yeah. and Let them dry down. On newspaper and yeah. I let them die back. And You trim them up? And... That, you know, when the leaves have died back and fed the bulb, I cut the dead leaves off or they dry off. Uh-huh. And then I just pot them in the house again, and they will bloom in the winter for me in the house again. So when they're dormant for the fall, like September, October, November, they're in your basement somewhere in paper bags or where? where? Uh, yeah, uh, either in the basement. Actually, last year and this year, this winter, they're, they're sitting in one of these totes, you know. Oh, yeah, um, yeah like a Rubbermaid plastic yeah, tote. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's one of these folded-up totes, yeah. totes that uh, air can circulate. Yeah, yeah. I put newspaper on the bottom, and I just let them... Pile them all there in there, and, and yeah, <laughs> and and may, you know you have to make sure you don't pot them too deep. They right. like to sit absolutely at know, least a third out of the soil, half pretty out. much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So Boy, I, well, you I've you make wonderful success with them. <laughs> wow, it's so amazing. We yeah. all have certain things yeah. we can and can't grow. I find that's right. And yeah. you're clearly we've had some real amaryllis people calling this well, morning. Well, I, I just thought you know you'd like to know that they I can love bloom it. twice a year as well. Well, that's right. And I know people that actually keep them alive as house plants. Yeah, they keep them growing all the time. They never okay. go dormant at all. Yeah. Well, and, mine usually I let them go. I've, yeah. I've never really, you know, I thought. This is the way someone told me, yeah. you know, they should be done, and so I do that. Good for you. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Margaret. I'm going to write have, a book. I have taken, like, cuts in the in this last yeah. summer. I took some of the long stems, and yeah. I cut them off and brought them in the house just as a cut flower. Perfect. Oh, they do make a great cut flower. Yes, They're long-lasting, they actually, as cut flowers. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. (laughs) Margaret, that was great. You made it a troika of trouble for for Charlie. If she wants to come to Wayne Fleet, I will give her a few of my homegrown amaryllis bulbs. There you go. Thanks for that, Margaret. I the babies, and I put them in the ground again, too. And (laughs) so it's wonderful. (laughs) Thanks for sharing with us uh, this morning. Thanks for your call. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Delighted to hear from all these people that are making me feel really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I know As you the do. I, I can tell. Okay, so you could write yeah. the book. I How about write that? You could write the book on Amaryllis because you could pretend you were the expert now. Yes. I'm all I'm famous now for being stupid on Amaryllis, <laughs> but you you could be the expert. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>
I've got a, a scoot because I know the guys from Dave's Corner Garage. They've just driven they've, in, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, the, the racks are uh, going up there, and uh, the team got a car up in the hoist already. I know, exactly. In the studio, so uh, we got to clear the decks for them. In okay. the meantime, Charlie, thank you again for a marvelous show. Well, thank you very much for being such a wonderful sous chef. Well, of course, there and are not many of us around. That's for no. sure. <laughs> and you'll be back in an hour. Yep. For live in the city, sharing what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be talking to uh, Jackie Maxwell, uh, artistic director of Shaw, the Shaw Festival. Excellent. This morning, finding out Hear the what's new going season. On. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be great. Very going. exciting. A whole bunch of other stuff. Well, thanks, Frank, and thanks, Dave, and thanks to all our great callers, particularly the Amaryllis callers. That was a lot of fun. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at nine on Zoomer Radio, the new AM seven forty. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.